All right, well, we're back again. After, after about a month-long vacation. Yes. Um, I went gallivanting across the country, went to 28 states on a wow. road trip over like Holy three cow, weeks. Holy cow, I didn't expect it was going to be that much. <laughs> no, but we spent most of... I We went and visited my parents for a week, and then we went... Which live where? In Wisconsin. Which we will have to talk about there's in a giant, section. Which is a giant uh, uh, COVID hotspot right now. Um, yeah, it's blowing up. The, big, the biggest concern I had was uh, bringing COVID to my parents, which I don't seem to have done, which is good. My dad That's actually good. had a bit of a scare. He had a test about a week or two ago, and he, uh, two weeks ago, and he came back negative. So he's good. Gotcha. Um, but and you've then, you've been back. Uh, you're you've been back for almost two weeks, right? Yeah, I'm okay. about to end my self-imposed quarantine. Okay, you know, by the end of the weekend, really. So, knock on wood. Um, if the last the last thing I think I would been have would have been exposed was last Saturday, so. Well, let's talk about which states you visited and make sure we let those people know that Sam Larson brought them COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Except I don't have COVID, so I think we're okay. fresh, fresh California. Then then we went to Mm, go visit. Smell that COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Then we went to go visit uh, um, uh, Kim's uh, brother in Baltimore. So we were there for about two weeks. That's cool. And uh, that was How cool. was that? Oh, good. Uh, have you he, been to Baltimore before? No, I have not. I've never been to the East Coast before this. Um, way better internet than I was used to at my parents, which was nice. But, and uh, where are your parents exactly? They're in the middle, in western Wisconsin, in the middle of nowhere. So western Wisconsin. It was nice to go cool. home and see, like, my parents are selling the farm and everything and moving... Oh, elsewhere crazy. so it was kind of nice to go and experience it one more time before it's gone because when this yeah. is all over they'll be gone somewhere else and it'll be sold so there won't really be any reason to go back there so it was kind of nice to do that yeah um, where they uh, are they staying in wisconsin or where are they going they're gonna move to minnesota i think so. oh interesting okay so yeah um it was a good trip i brought my mother along mother-in-law in law along with with us which was a good thing to do but i also kind of now real quick let me interject um when you say mother-in-law are you guys officially married now or is she mother-in-law in waiting no we're officially married now i've been meaning to okay. tell you this but i just congratulations <laughs> and we got married in july okay in vegas and oh uh, a Vegas COVID wedding. Vegas COVID wedding, and wow. we didn't get sick from that, so we're we're. <laughs> but uh, I think you're like the only two people that went to Vegas and didn't come back with COVID ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we couldn't invite any really anyone except some immediate relatives that could drive. So we're gonna have yeah. more of a bigger thing once this is all over in 2022. Yeah. But Anyway, uh, it was it was interesting to have my mother in law along. Um, I definitely have more sympathy uh, 
for my wife's uh, issues. Personality. And uh, <laughs> like, she's just uh, like, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't, she does what she wants and she just doesn't listen. And I'm like, you're totally right. Like, cause like, you know, on our way out, you know, it was, you're going through the middle of, of nowhere and you know, we're, we're here in California. Everyone wears their masks and everybody's pretty courteous. But as you get out, mm. I like the, the, the best part was, um, you know, we get to Utah and I go to this Jimmy John's and it's really, really nice. They all have masks. Yeah. Whatever. It's a good sandwich. Don't and, go to Jimmy John's. Um, is Sam this, isn't actually about that life. Is this because of Baker. the, is this because of the, uh, uh, the killing of animals or the terrible uh, non-compete clauses? Uh, all of it. <laughs> also, he's a massive Trump supporter. So, uh, whatever. Um, anyway, I stopped there to get some sandwiches. They were all wearing these nice masks and they're like, oh, you have a nice, like the really nice, like probably the best example of Mormon, you know, niceness that you'll run into and you're like oh this is nice utah won't be that bad i kind of like it here and then we kept going we get to rural utah somewhere and you know nobody's wearing masks and of right. course my mother-in-law doesn't seem to realize that no one is wearing masks either and it's just kind of like do 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 well i'm wearing my mask i'm safe i'm like no you're not like that's not how it works we're protecting them from you that's all we're doing here and so you know every Every time we got out of the car to fill up, you know, for bathroom breaks, I'd be like, all right, in and out, let's go. Like basically practicing parenting for the first time with my mother-in-law. So it was, it was good. And, uh, you know, she didn't never really listen to me. And so this must, uh, I think your children probably listen to you a little bit more than your mother-in-law does, but, uh, at least at first, but uh-huh. You know, we were we were in South Dakota and then it was like I Kim and I were doing something and then I look up and guess who walks out of the, the convenience store without her mask on? I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I think she's trying to take you out. So literally we we just kinda had to resolve our fact that my mother in law and my brother in law we're gonna we're going to if we're going to be exposed to COVID, it's gonna be them and we just have to deal with it at this point. <laughs> right. We committed to go on this trip and uh we just have to to deal with it. But um That's pretty rough. I went to a uh haunted like a one of those like haunted houses like like corn mazes things where they uh-huh. have like a hate haunted hayride and all this other stuff and some indoor ones. And probably the most, uh, the best $30 I've spent this year was at that to get the VIP passes so we could get to the front of the line for everything and get uh-huh. in. But we went on a haunted hayride, which was basically you're in open air with a bunch of people. They're all wearing their masks for the most part. And then you basically would go into this enclosure the door would shut the lights would flash you know you'd have all the people running around trying to scare you i think for the most part they were all wearing their masks but what was hilarious for me is that this is something under their masks right this is something you're supposed to like 
be afraid of like all these people running around and scaring you. That's the whole point. You, reason you go to these places. And I was just stone cold sober the whole time. And the only thing I was afraid of was COVID, which, which was pretty, was pretty, uh, was pretty fun. Cause it was just like, the lights yeah. are just flashing and you can just see the people walking around and you're just like, I don't care. Like this guy, the idiot across from me on the hay and you know, on the hayride who keeps his mask down and is like yelling. I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. Like, like, I'm that's more a- scared of him than the like clown with blood coming out of its mouth. Yeah, that totally. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> was, that was the, you know, and then the, the second part was, you know, I think we went through an outdoor kind of one, which was fine. Um, you know, but I, I was able to convince them not to do the indoor ones. And, I, you know, we got out, we, we got, a, we got by, but, uh, barely, it sounds like Jesus. Um, so that was, that was probably the riskiest thing I've done all year. And we got through it, but, uh, it, it the, the whole trip in general was a great, uh, way to kind of expand your your horizons a bit more than being quarantined for the last nine months however many months yeah because you're just so used to being in your house and being safe in your house and other people like i don't think we even really fully realize how how much other people like scare you now than they used to because now you they could have covid you got to keep your distance from right like at least that's how i think about it but it's um to some degree yes i feel like i've i've been having this sort of thing where it's it's like um doing this stay at home and self-quarantining and everything has made like my autism that much stronger and so now like when i'm watching movies and stuff and there's people doing things in public it makes me anxious <laughs> yeah i i i'm similar and i have the similar feeling sometimes like I like uh, I've been really big on uh, on Twitch because uh, my friend's a DJ and you know his basically most of his career went up in smoke and so he got into Twitch and so I've been supporting him in there doing artwork for him and things like that and just trying to share it with all the people and just getting other people involved um, and it's it's really been really fun and making like all these connections with all these people across the world that like aren't even people i knew beforehand and there's people that be on there and they're like oh man i can't wait for concerts to come back and i'm like uh i honestly would never want to see this many people in a crowded area and and that's what was was crazy about this place in pennsylvania was like it was like we went around and we were in the VIP and we walk around basically the whole line of everybody and they're uh-huh. all packed in there yelling, laughing, like having a good time at the haunted house. They're all generally wearing their masks, but they're not, you know, they're not social distanced. So it was just, you know, and it was just kind of like we got onto the hayride first. So we were able to get like in the front of the, the wagon. So then you figured that, as you're moving on the wagon, the air is going to be moving the opposite direction because you're, <laughs> you're moving with, you know, instead of being at the back of the wagon where all everybody's fucking germs are coming your way. Right. But Oof. it's that was uh, a fun, fun, fun part, but probably the 
this is what I'm kind of waiting for on our way back. You know, I have another day and then hopefully, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens. But on our way back, we went to the Noah's Ark encounter in Kentucky. Oh, shit. You did not. <laughs> yes, I did. Why? Why? Why did you give them any money? Because my wife and mother-in-law wanted to go. And so Ugh. I went along. Okay, well. And uh, there they were all kind of wearing masks, but they, not everyone was because they're good Christians and they don't believe in science. And right, because they can pray it away. So we kind of tried to keep our distance, but, um, and I think we did a pretty good job, um, but uh, it's, it's, I, I would describe it as Disneyland and it's Christian Disney. <laughs> literally, that's what it is. You're creating a world that's completely imaginary for make believe, make believe. And it, <laughs> if you view it on that level, it's it's pretty cool. Um, Don't say that, Sam. It hurts me. <laughs> but see, I was more I was really more concerned about COVID than I was about like, oh, this is all bullshit. Like. That was really yeah. my main concern being there, and you know, just I'm basically sure, like, okay, I, telling yeah, my mother in law to move, move along, move along, move along, like yeah. like a stormtrooper, like move along. Let's oh, we should go in and see that. I'm like, no, there's a bunch of people in there. We're not going in there. Like, look, look <laughs> at them. They all look. They're all infected. Know? And then, you know, I saw you know there was an auditorium in the main room. And Ken Ham was giving like a presentation with dinosaurs. Oh, he was there. Oh yeah, he's totally there. Oh shit! And we get should have went and sneezed on him. We get there and um the the bus that takes that you have to take a bus to the to, you park and then you have to take a bus to the park basically, and the buses okay. are just running every five minutes, and there's hundreds of but you know i don't know maybe maybe 30 buses i don't know how many they're they're just cycling them in and so we get there and we we talk to the guys we're going and he's like yeah it's we haven't had any confirmed cases here yet you know and we're like Bullshit. okay you know you meanwhile like covid cases are spiking in kentucky like they are everywhere else and you know we get there we we go through the arc we kind of get through most of it without really running into too many people. But, you know, my mother-in-law is just kind of like, she'll just wander somewhere. And I'm like, there's a guy right there that's not wearing a mask. You should wander into six, you know, six feet away from him. But again, this is, this is the constant story of this whole trip is me like telling my mother-in-law, like, come on, we can't do this. Like you needed like the, the like leash, like maybe not like the the harness that they put on children maybe yes. but like this you could just be like no pull it back <laughs> yeah exactly no um, and then spray her with a bottle of water <laughs> no <laughs> exactly but oh god that's that's gotta be so frustrating but um you know and then we went and they pref- since you come on a weekend they they give you dinner it's included Ew. in the ticket price so we got is it is it uh like two of everything <laughs> yeah basically it was like buffet style but they hand they, oh. they put it on your plate and everything so you're not doing it yourself Ew. everyone was wearing masks um 
we ate the food um and then you got covid and then we walked don't don't say that Kyle really don't say that and then <laughs> from Kinham then we got back on the bus and it was by then it was the end of the you know they're closing you know in about an hour so I'm like this bus is going to be fucking packed and of course yeah. it was and everybody you know the the guy behind me wasn't wearing a mask and just talking and he's like oh my god oh man and, i'm so glad we're doing this over the internet and not in person <laughs> and then uh we we got on the on our car and we took off and drove to louisville saw the brianna taylor it's pronounced louisville yeah i know it's louisville louisville la bull <laughs> yeah and then we went to memphis um which was oh, cool that's dope. memphis is pretty cool and then we went to well we went to nashville then memphis and then oklahoma city um, you went to my own stomping grounds what'd you do in nashville uh we went and saw the titan stadium and got some i some uh nashville hot like chicken sandwiches oh nice uh do you remember which one you went to did you go to dotties or prince's i don't or i had to be hattie b's prince's it might it was hattie it was hattie b's that's that's okay. it yeah those are still good i think like prince's is supposed to be like the original there's there's it's it's sort of like the 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 if if you know like pittsburgh they have like their their signature sandwich and there's like there's like a battle between who did it first. Was it this place or this place? There's, it's sort of like that. It's like Hattie B's and Prince's. They're like, nah, they were original. No, they're original. There's better, but there's it's the whole thing. But well, that's what Philly was like. We went to Geno's, yeah. and then there's the other place across the street. I thought Geno's yeah. was better than the other place. That's all I remember for yeah. cheesesteak. But um, no. Uh, then we got back, went to Flagstaff, saw the Grand Canyon. That's dope. So, saw Mont Rushmore on the way out. So we went to a lot of a lot of different places. So it was it was a good trip. It was good to get out of the house. But yeah, but I'm kind of glad to be back. And I'm pretty proud that. Uh, well, I don't know if I would say proud, but I'm 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 quite amazed that basically like all the places that you've listed that you stopped at are like literal hotbeds of COVID right now. <laughs> oh, so, absolutely. Like, and all these surges have happened. Sam, maybe you are a super spreader. I don't think so. <laughs> no, um, I'm just fucking with you. That, I mean, but it is funny because like, it's like, yeah. Uh, Dakotas, the Dakotas are huge hotbeds right now. Wisconsin, huge blowout right now. Kentucky mm-hmm. bad, Tennessee bad. I mean, the Titans are the only team that has had like X amount of people with COVID, you know, like more than one person a week, you know, and then my, my theory on the Tennessee is real bad right now too. (laughs) My theory on the Tennessee Titans more is that, um, they're the only team that actually got a outbreak. I think everybody goes on about the Tennessee Titans, you know, not taking it seriously. I think I don't, my theory is that most NFL teams aren't taking it that seriously Except they, they have haven't, they haven't, haven't had lucky. outbreaks yet, and they've yeah. gotten lucky, yeah. and that's the only reason, you know, that any of that is happening. But 
you know, yeah. which we'll have to get we'll get into when we get to our fantasy updates later. Right, but whether whether or not um, uh, I have COVID or not, hopefully I don't. Um, Donald Trump got are you it while get a I was test? gone. I should. I haven't done yeah. it yet, but um, I might just do it to settle the 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 score. I mean, you should. You better. You just should. I mean, even even if you've quarantined for two weeks. All right, so you've quarantined for two weeks, so you know if you don't have any egregious symptoms, that's at least good. But not, you should not still many any more symptoms than I normally would with like allergies that I have. Allergies are, but, are and yeah, we're in the middle of allergy and flu season, which is great. Um, I got my flu shot before okay. I left. Smart, good boy. Um, um, I had a pretty good vacation. It's it's kind of funny. Um, I did a lot less traveling, but we did have some. We had, um my fiance's father came to visit he brought over um some furniture that was like they they like sold their house or moving into a smaller place and he had this like corner cabinet that amy wanted so he brought it um they drove over from uh oklahoma and it was very interesting because they were like they were nervous to come visit because they were like you know we don't you know, we're afraid to like come, come to a place where, you know, like blah, 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 whatever. And we're like, like, well, there's that like, we're not going to go out and like do stuff. And everyone here, you know, like they wear, everyone wear masks, you know, people take it seriously. And they're like, like, Oh, are you sure? Like, uh, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, it's like, just, you know, wear your mask on your way over, whatever. And so they drove from Oklahoma. They got here in like, two and a half days give or take and right when they got out of oklahoma they like stopped somewhere um at like a mcdonald's and they were trying to go into the mcdonald's and mcdonald's was like no you can't come in here what are you doing (laughs) and they and they were like what do you mean we can't come in they like they just leaving and and this is funny because this is the this is the inverse or, or basically the same thing you were saying about traveling across the country and seeing kind of how it's going outside of your own bubble. They went outside of their bubble and they found that the rest of the country was taking this a lot more seriously than Oklahoma was. And this, and I'm talking about going from Oklahoma to California. So they drove through like, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, places that aren't taking it that seriously either, but they were still taking it more seriously than Oklahoma. (laughs) and they were they were blown away that they couldn't walk into mcdonald's and buy food at mcdonald's and i was like what are you talking about how do you not know that you can't do like and i I wasn't saying that but i was just like oh no way really i was like what are you why would you what like (laughs) so it was it was very interesting and when they got here and they were like they were like everyone has masks everyone's being careful everyone's keeping their distance there's lines outside to get into places like they were flabbergasted by how well california was doing to like adhere to the standards and we were like yeah like this is why we said it's okay to come visit (laughs) yeah so that was that was the beginning of my vacation dealing with them and that was that was pretty fun and we had a good time we didn't do much we kind of stayed around the house um we did go down to san diego we stayed like one night uh in a hotel and just kind of walked around san diego and just kind of checked things out um san diego's right now they're doing um 
they have all, all their a lot of the, it was crazy to see how many of their bars and restaurants are closed mm-hmm. um and seeing how their uh like their main strip the gas lamp district um a lot like a lot of places are shut down and then the places that are surviving you know they have they've taken up they've blocked off the streets so mm-hmm. to to driving traffic it's just foot traffic and they have built out like patios that go out into like almost like half well like a quarter out into the street so it's like they have patios already there's a sidewalk and then there's another patio that goes off into like basically where the parking would mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. the side street parking and so they have stuff like that so it was kind of cool it was it was very empty so it wasn't bad um we were able to keep distance and we just kind of sat at some places and we just had like a beer or two and like some appetizers and then stayed in the hotel and it was just it was it was very interesting to see um how they're handling it we were actually there when the during the um world series playoffs and didn't even realize that uh the padre stadium was one of the bubbles for the um baseball games for the baseball playoffs so that was pretty cool um we watched one of the games not at the stadium but just on the have have you been to any restaurants in la since the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um when they reopened them we've been to a few just to eat like outside and stuff yeah yeah we we've only gone to places that are outdoors definitely adhering to the standards very well um there's a a few places we've been to i don't actually want to um mention them because i don't want other people to go there (laughs) (laughs) no problem because they're really great places i'll tell you offline um i'm just kidding there's there's a place called bakari um and there's a few of them around no there's there's one in playa del rey where i live so yep yep Um, go there after food is great after kim and i yeah yeah uh, for sure they, they, I, they're doing very go there good all the time. like face masks the the waiters they they like they take your order from like a, a distance they don't stand right at the table they they're doing a really good job of it and um their their food's great I, I, I've, no bakari's food is great they have that yeah. uh that special like i think once a month where they used to yeah um but what's special it's like a all you can eat meat or something like that and then all you oh, can what they've been what they've been beer doing and since wine yeah that's what they've been doing since the quarantine ended is they do it's 25 dollars for 90 minutes all you can drink of like like they have like two beers sangria mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of wines actually and like a couple of mixed cocktails actually to be honest before the restaurants reopened kim and i were getting groceries from bigari we would go and what that's order. cool yeah we would order and we liked the food they had I think yeah. we paid a little extra for it, but it was really nice stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that place is great. I definitely, um, I've had a good experience with them, just really taking it seriously. So I, I think that's pretty good. I definitely want to give them props. and. But yeah, once um, once we kind of- more people there, because they, I want to keep them in business because oh, they yeah. deserve it. Well, once we, um, we kind of clear quarantine this weekend, we were talking about we're going to go to a restaurant in LA because we haven't been to a restaurant we've got takeout all the time but not yeah, not sat down outside somewhere and yeah. i that's that's going to be crazy because what's good about la is we can still do that and we can still do that yeah. into the the winter until like 
maybe end of November. Yeah, I think they could. It's kind they of could. They could do it. They could do it longer than that. You put some. It's heat, true because even if you're you put some heat lamps, sunlight, yeah, heat like, lamps, like you're totally fine. No, I've it, like, I've been drinking outside on patios all year round. Like, well, that, the the issue is going to be um, when the rainy season hits between December to March. You know, April, maybe May, if it's true, crazy. But they but they have you don't want to, you don't want to be sitting outside yeah, the patio. But, when but it's they like have but they have nonstop rain. Yeah, but they have like plenty of awnings and stuff out there for everything, like most places do. So you that's could, true. I, you, I actually you really could that avoid might actually the rain. be a fun yeah. experience. I need to go to um, a rainforest cafe during the monsoon season. That'll be hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's stupid. I don't know, man. Um, I, it yeah, seems we did, we did San Diego, and then, um, which and this is real funny to sort of mirror. It's it's so funny how mirrored our experiences were, because you went out and you saw how all these people were doing. We had someone come to us and see how much different everything's are going, and then I went to visit San Francisco because one of my good friends from when I lived up there and grad when I went to grad school there, he lost his job because of covid and he basically was like well i've been here for 13 years it's not gotten any easier kind of screwed screw it i'll move back home and he's moved he moved back to wisconsin mm-hmm. um he moved to um madison or milwaukee i think milwaukee well yeah madison's the capital milwaukee is the biggest city yeah i think he went to milwaukee um and he has it was just it was just really funny he's like he's like yeah he's like uh i'm kind of nervous to go because i know like they don't take it as seriously as we do here and like they're in the middle of a surge and all stuff. <laughs> it was real fun but we just we went to san francisco we hung out we watched football and ate good food and hung out with some friends and gave him a good send off and it was um great to see him great to send him off but like again it was the same thing where it's just like it's so wild to go visit these places and see just how like empty it is you know like it's, it's good to see like people taking it seriously um and not being out and like in the middle of stuff um, but yeah, that that was the weird part was really kind of pushing my my boundaries on certain things where, you know, generally I wouldn't do certain things, but I had, you know, like eating, you know, eating inside like I ate in a Waffle House uh, in, that, in Pennsylvania and you get worse things in COVID from that. Exactly. So I th- you're probably good. <laughs> Um, just kidding i fucking love waffle house don't don't like it don't don't like don't let my sarcasm fool you i love waffle house i would eat at waffle house in the middle of a bubonic plague because i love waffle house <laughs> waffle my, house is a shit yeah my brother-in-law is the same way so fun, uh but fun, yeah it's fun story about waffle houses did you know that fema has a rating based on how bad um a situation is especially like hurricanes and things like that how bad of an emergency is based off of waffle houses there's like four tiers on it there's like tier one which is like the waffle house is still open and like serving people there's like tier two where like the waffle house is like limited and then like tier three where it's like 
the Waffle House is there, but it's closed. And then there's like tier four where like the Waffle House is totally shut down. Like it's like that's what they base it off of. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know like the the way it, the disease really transmits itself is or your likelihood of getting it is increased by the more time you spend with someone that's infected in close proximity to you, right? Yeah, well, that's, well, no. So your chance of getting it is, so So that's a, that's a weird, that's taking statistics and trying to twist it in a way to make yourself feel safer. Because it's enough. like, yeah, because it's, it's basically just like if, if, it it does increase your chances. So all there's all the things that we talk about doing with like wearing a mask, keeping a distance, don't be in enclosed spaces, things like that, that decreases the chance of getting it. But the thing is, it's just like, it only takes one particulate of coronavirus to infect you. Mm-hmm. So even with all those steps, that one little, all you need is one little bug to land on your tongue, in your nose, in your eyeballs, on your hands and then you rub your eyes or nose and you've got it so it's and it replicates and then you got it yeah and it's yeah it's like if your immune system maybe your your immune system's stronger and it can catch it stop it there's there's a lot of variables in there but doing those things does decrease your chances and the opposite of that is that those all those things to together do compound your chances because where if you get just one of the bacteria, there's a chance that like, Oh, it lands on your tongue and your saliva can just break it apart. Or, you know, like it lands on your tongue. You just happen to have like, um, like just ate an orange or something. And so the citrus in the orange breaks it down, you know, like there's things that could happen like that, but because let's say you're in an enclosed space with someone that has it that's less than six feet away from you because of that there's a chance that you're going to get invaded by more than just one little particulate right so which increases that's, your chances of a which is increases infection. the chances of it yeah, yeah of it not breaking down and getting past your immune system and all those things but like i said like it's a it's it's one of those sorts of things like you know um to quote fight club on a long enough timeline everyone's survival rate drops to zero right i just watched uh, dr sleep I, the other day and it was the same yeah. thing we're all we're all everything is in a uh we're all we're all in a hospice just waiting to die you know from exactly yeah so it's like you know every time you drive your car you didn't die but your chances of dying were just as much you know, whichever. So right, it's exactly. a similar sort of thing. That's a, good, so it's, that's a good way to put it is yeah. driving a car. Cause yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's like any, you know, and it's, and it's the analogy would be like when you're driving the car, it's like you, you, you went from A to B and you made it totally safe and fine. And next time you go A to B, you get hit by some other idiot and you died and that's it, you know? And it's like, and you became a statistic. And so it's like, I think that's sort of the thing when people hear these statistics and they go, Oh, if I do all these things, I only have like, it decreases my chance of getting it by 80%. It's like, yeah, but you still have a 20% chance of getting it if you go out and get into places where these things can happen. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, and we, we exposed ourselves to multiple opportunities for us to get infected. And we knew that 
going on this trip that that would be a you possibility. were as precautionary as you could be though it sounds uh, yeah i as precautionary as as i, I say could you were not your mother-in-law <laughs> i I was a hand sanitizer Nazi. I had got this giant jug of it, and I was just like, here. So every time they got back in the car, you know. But, you know, I got, you know, before I left, I was pretty paranoid about, like, even, like, leaving the house. I would come back. I would disinfect. I'd wash my hands yeah. for 20 seconds. Then I would, you know, usually switch out of the clothes I was wearing, and I would that's, yeah, that's crazy. clean my phone. Yeah, that's, well, that's probably smart. Now, I, now I don't. Now I don't really do that as much anymore. I, I still wash my hands when I come home, and we've got that all built in. Yeah. But the the cleaning of the phone, I still do that too. But I don't like you know when this first started, you were just like, but I I kind of got a bit more of a perspective, and then I think we should move on to something else because it's just depressing. Yeah. But, uh, well, I was, yeah. The, but um, let me just, I, this one thing I was going to say is that coming back and when I do have to go out, even though I'm technically in quarantine, you take the idea that you have the virus, it kind of puts, you know, because I think initially you're always thinking, well, I don't have the virus. I don't want to, I don't want to get it from anyone, but it kind of reframes it where you think you have the virus, you don't want to give it to anyone. So I think right. th- that's good too. And anyway, yeah. you were saying. It's definitely a two-sided thing. I agree. Um, you don't want to receive it, but you also don't want to give it an off chance that you have it. So, well, it's, at least that's what like a non-monster human being should think. Well, yeah, but I don't know if we're the, in the majority in this country anyway. So <laughs> I don't think that that's... Uh, nope. But anyway, speaking of monsters... Well, uh, I was going to say, to help transition this, is one of the fun stories that my um, future father-in-law told us was that when they did try to get into that McDonald's that they couldn't get into, as they were like turning around and walking back to their car, this random dude pulls up and just yelled out the window, Did y'all hear Trump got COVID? And so that's that's how they found out. So th- this is my question. How did you find out that Trump got COVID? I so for me, I found out the night before they announced that he had it from the the first reports was that the when they first reported that the um what's her name had it? Hope Hicks had it. So mm-hmm. I was like, they were like, oh, they were like, Hope Hicks tests positive for COVID after spending, like, being on the flight, like, with Donald Trump. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Hope Hicks had it, like, and I was, and they were like, you know, and she, she's on the plane in the office with him. They're none of them wearing masks because they're mouth-breathing idiots. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, man, Trump's totally going to end up with it. And then it was like, within a few hours from that, it was like, Trump test positive. And I was like... Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I know it was. I was in Wisconsin and at my parents, yeah. where I didn't have any internet, so I was kind of completely in the dark in the morning. And I went over to to visit uh, my wife, who was working at the farm, and I was like, "I think that's how I found out." And I was like, "What? Like this is this is crazy." Well, hold on, just a second. Not I messaged to, you about it. I think uh, you did, but not to derail everything. But did you just say you made your wife work on the farm? 
No, that's where the internet was. So she had to go oh. to the farm office. Yeah. Okay. So she, oh, so she wasn't working on the farm. No. She was working remotely. Yeah. There, because that's where they. This okay, whole okay. trip, she she still had her job, so she had to work. I was like, you did not remotely just make your wife every. Work on the farm. Yeah, she had to work remotely every you know Monday through Friday every every week. So we did all our traveling okay, on the weekend, and then you know kind of stop from place know, to place and she would work. E- okay, that's cool. eastern time zone was was kind of hard because that was like noon to nine o'clock at night like yeah that wasn't that fun but um but yeah i found well, out good. i had a continuing debate with my mother-in-law who is still probably convinced that he didn't have covid he just made it up uh, she's this is this is what's interesting there's a about chance of that i mean is getting to know her is that she uh she's watches msnbc religiously and it i've started to realize that msnbc is is become very similar to fox news not that it's as bad but it does kind of cause a certain type of brain rot with people mm. where they just buy into this narrative that trump is bad trump is really bad he's the worst thing that has ever happened and he's a puppet of russia and all that, like and it's just like it's this just kind of thing and it's like okay but all that, those things are true i i know and we could we could just discuss <laughs> so that so what's but your I, point <laughs> my point is like i don't think trump is the most racist president we've ever had i don't think he you know he may be this the stupidest and most incompetent president we've ever had but i don't think right like i think it's he's no andrew jackson that's true well right and this whole idea of of like this revisionism that comes with this resistance type people is that you know we wouldn't have racism if it wasn't for trump and i'm like no we had racism no, all along and yeah. trump just like is out with it and in some ways that can be capitalizing on it in some ways that Openly. can be ref- can be refreshing for some people where it's just like you know like at least they're saying what it is instead of all of these elaborate dog whistles which is what they did in the past um, yeah but i have seen there's been a few like memes and tweets related to that where they said say what you will about trump but the one thing he's done is unify the country against himself <laughs> so well and i think that's true and i think that's what's really interesting about this election and i think that's the uh that's which is which will happen next week so the next time we'll record will be after it's done and post-election post-election we record like on tuesday like in the middle of it i don't want i want to do it afterwards um you want to you want to like i want to just be completely drunk that night and then i want to you're like no i need to take like i'll do the hangover and do the hangover podcast a couple of xanax exactly but no i i think if there is an affirmative uh uh case for trump getting reelected, uh not that not that I go ahead. You need to pause. I feel like whatever you're about to say, this is this is like the I'm let, not racist, but let, let me do my let me do my forwarding here. I'm doing the forwarding right now. So just need, can I do it like and a, then you need then like we'll a get special to the theme? You need like a special theme just for this what you're about to say it needs to have this like <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. It's like, yes, I'm going to vote for Biden. Blah 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 blah. Yes, I think he's better than Trump. Yes, I think you should vote for Biden. Blah 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 blah. Okay, that's all the forwarding I'm doing. 
but I, I'm going to say that what's, and we've discussed this and I don't know the, ad nauseum for and sure. I, I know we have, and I, I don't know if I really don't know the answer to this and we'll see, see what happens. Okay. Um, but there is something to be said about what has happened with the black lives matter movement over the summer with the, mm-hmm. the Floyd protests and, you know, all these things that have gone on. I'm, I'm interested to see, and let's just talk specifically about white people here. Cause that's what we are. And I think that's what we can discuss is that how invested. I, I think I can, can, I, can think I make I know my, what let me, let me make my, what you're trying to say. Okay. Let me say it. And then and, you can counter it. Well, no, I'm not going to counter it. I'm actually going to say it better than you're about to say it. Okay. Let what you you say it first, and then I'll is, go. Would we have made the stands and the progress that we've made this year if Hillary Clinton was president? No, I'm not arguing that at all. No, that's but that's basically what you're saying. No, it's is not that, what I'm saying. Can I say it? Let me say it. What I'm what I'm saying is, um, is that would regular quote non-racist white people whatever be as invested in this kind of change if they didn't see Trump as an embodiment of racism in this country that needs to change, and if Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or now Joe Biden will be president, will they still be as committed to that kind of change that, and I'm not talking about you and me. I'm, I'm not, no, you know, of not. I'm talking about just regular everyday people that seem yeah. like, yeah, they have a point, but you know, black lives matter, right? Will those people be as invested if Trump wasn't the boogeyman that, he's made himself out to be in in a racist sense and i don't know the answer to that question and we'll find out but i think if yeah. there's but i think if there's any uh i'm not even saying affirmative argument but a silver lining to a trump presidency is that it does unify the left broadly not even you know leftist but the yeah. broad left of liberals and and leftists together in opposition to the to the right wing way of 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 our government but i don't know see this is what's different about joe biden and barack obama is what happened with barack obama is he wins and he's able to sweep away any kind of resistance to him in a way that post racism well, right. He's the black president. We're all that. good. You know, blah, 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 blah. And all that stuff. But I don't think Biden's going to have that same kind of... Uh, he's going to try it. I think they're going to be like, come on, we got to we gotta move forward. And, uh-huh. you know, all this talk about with Ice Cube and so on and so forth, where it's like, well, we'll talk about that after the election. We got to get Trump out. And then... Will they have that conversation afterwards? I don't know if they will. 
Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's going to be on us. To, I I agree, hundred percent, and I I don't to keep them honest. I I agree, and I just I'm I'm interested to see what happens, and yeah, you know, I have certain people that would say it's gonna it's gonna go back to completely normal, and they have uh, history on their side, but I would say that the movements that have come about in this last year have been unique in that they have been multiracial and have brought appeal, but I don't know how much, how long that will last or if that's just in this moment, we'll see, but there's no really yeah, way it's of like, knowing. Um, it's like, because Trump has been so bad about saying the quiet things out loud, he's, he's made it too hard to ignore the facts of the matter for white people let's let for white, yeah yeah that's that, I mean, that's, specifically for white people th- this, yeah, yeah. Specifically that's what for, we're even just talking about because well no, i mean i mean yeah i, I don't want to say just white people. i want to say like anyone that anyone that has non-african americans yes well because but there's still i mean like there's still some people in any community i'm not gonna i'm not gonna monolith anything i'm no. just gonna say that like he's he's made it so apparent that all these things that the left has accused the right of is exactly what they are. And so there are a lot of people that, that a can no longer say there's a lot of people that still do that still buy into it, that are still fully on board. Their heads are so far up Trump's ass that they can't even hear reason. Mm -hmm. And then there's the next group. And they, but that was always, they were always going to be there. There's nothing you can do for them. Yeah. There's a 30% fascist gap. Yeah. Yeah. There's the next people up that are now going, eh, maybe there's, eh. and then of course there's the people in the middle that like just didn't pay attention. They didn't listen because they were like, you know, that was it's, it's, that was solved with the Civil Rights Act and Martin Luther King, right? Because that's what yeah, we were yeah, all yeah. taught in it's school. Like, well, we, Barack Obama one. That's another racism, right? Right. And, exactly. But, but now they're like, now they're like, oh, okay, so this is what they were talking about. So now it's like, it does become a little bit more apparent. So it does. Uh, I, I, I do think your question is very poignant and it, and it is something that we'll have to keep an eye on is a will, will the Democrats when they take over in Shalah that, Will they uphold these talking points that they've used to garner so much movement? I can give and you the be, answer to that right now. No, but it, well, it's it's up to know that it's, but it's, it's up to whether we hold them possible. accountable. That's all I'm saying. Is they're yeah, yeah, not yeah, going yeah. to do anything they'll unless get away they're with whatever. The, right, of course, bare minimum effort is what they will do. But if the but but if the people are there to counteract it. There will be, right. and this is, and I think well, but this I was is why, just this is why I'm saying this, Sam, is because I'm gonna I'm just going to at this point in time because it's it's hypothetical projection, whatever. They're saying all these things that sound great and they look good on paper, and I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt to say that they mean it and they're gonna actually see through with it. So we'll just say when January twenty first rolls around, sorry. It'll probably be more like February by the time we get anything useful going. So by the February, let's say Valentine's Day or later. So 
by Valentine's Day or later when the Democrats finally can get some stuff kind of moving because they finally got Trump kicked out of the White House or whatever the issue is going to be. Um, I'm saying, giving them the benefit of the doubt that they mean what they're saying, they're going to do it. Like, how are they going to do it? Are they going to have pull to it? Independent of themselves, of them just saying, this is the momentum that got us here. Let's keep riding that momentum. Then to your other point is, and this is independent of what the White House does and Congress and everything does. I'm, that's why I'm saying it this way is because I want to keep it separate of whether or not you should vote for Joe Biden. Yes, I know. Yeah, exactly. And, and I want to also keep it separate of like, are people only saying this because people aren't doing these things because of Joe Biden. And, you know, so, and so I, I, I just, I, I, I do hope that it will maintain at least. I hope that it won't immediately dissipate. Well, I would, there's a chance that it will. Yeah. Totally. Um, but I think that, 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 I think there's enough momentum and enough um, uh, people that are pushing it like a, like a, uh, how do I want to say this? Like there's been a, like a solidification of some of these movements, you know, like there's, there's murals, permanent murals painted on roads that say all black lives matter that like Washington DC is like, no, this, we're going to leave that there from here on out. You know, like, so there's things like that that you see and you just go, okay, is 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 that going to maintain? You know, like, those statues that got torn down, I don't think they're going to get put back up, you know? Well, no, they're not. So, but I, so I think the so underlying issues that that really isn't the statues that the problem is or the issue that most people are saying is the issue. The issue is the police departments and the police states that these communities live under in our country and well it's it's not just that i mean like it that's that's a part of it but you know it like institutional racism isn't just one thing it's not just the police department well of course not and so it's it's all part of a whole system and so we have to work on the whole system starting with you know no longer like getting rid of this revisionist history um stop glorifying you know these treasonous bastards from the south not you know these these sorts of things like all those things build momentum and they 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 keep keep it going um you know like i really like the uh the the memes and stuff tweets and everything that have said like if they want a world war or a civil war monument why don't we build a a statue to general sherman with a never-ending flame on it (laughs) No, exactly. But I think, like, that's what's um, that's what we'll see, and yeah. I, I'm interested to see because I'm, I'm pessimistic, but I think also that what's different than what was happening when Barack Obama was elected was that the left is much more unified than it used to be than it was under Obama. Everyone bought into the idea that Obama was going to be that vessel for change that we really needed in our country. 
and he completely did nothing with it and well at the same time like he let, let's not and he then let, co-opted all of those movements but i don't but let, think but let's also that, not take away how much he was kind of like hobbled by a congress that uh, was this same congress he basically, had two years he had two years yes and two i know you have to forward it you always have to forward it with an incredible <laughs> amount of like yes they were incredibly racist towards him i agree <laughs> but yeah. But my point is race, but it was just it was yeah. a complete shutdown because they were like, it was a whole thing. Like, sure. And, and that's sure. And built but, on that. But to build. But again, what Mitch McConnell has now, you know, so it's like. Sure. Sure. And Mitch McConnell is a ruthless and brilliant politician. I don't deny that at all. He, you know, ruthless, if we yeah, had brilliant, I, don't know. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Like what he's been he's, able to do with the Republican party for in the, the system last that he's in 12 years is been but he could. He didn't brilliant. build that. He but, didn't build it. It was handed to him on a silver platter. But he's the one that decided that we're not going to work with the president because that's that was his brilliant move that he made is that, you know, basically Obama wins in a landslide. And mm-hmm. generally what would happen if that happens is you're like, well, we got to work with the other side then because they won the mandate. Right. And all McConnell right. did is say, no, I'm not going to do that. Hold on. McConnell had no say in the matter at that point in time. Who was who was majority leader or minority leader at that point? Boehner. No, but Boehner was the the House of Representatives. He was the Speaker of the House. Who oh. who was minority leader in the Senate? I think oh, it was shit. Mitch McConnell. It wasn't McConnell. All right, we'll have to look this up and state it at a later date. But I'm I'm just saying that he was he is the, he's the sole like he literally got two you know two Supreme Court justices for free basically by maneuvering like it's three like it's he got three well he got three but that was because kennedy stepped down but yes but again this is my point is is obama had a mandate he had two years uh to actually do something uh really good he did obamacare which we can debate about you know the individual the uh the protections for pre-existing conditions is great. Yeah. But the rest of it was utter BS and neoliberal garbage. It would have been but, Harry Reid. But it Harry Reid would be the majority Democrat. leader of the of of the Senate. But who was the minority? In 2008. But who was the minority leader in the Senate, thus a Mitch Republican? McConnell. It was Mitch McConnell. Right. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. He is okay. the mastermind and a brilliant politician. I'm Harry Reid was very good too. He's definitely much better than uh chuck schumer at this point but yeah but mitch mcconnell is you have to you have to appreciate his brilliance as a as a politician he's not incompetent and he shouldn't be treated that way you know he's an odious he's an odious figure but again yes i i don't want to get bogged down in this but i i all i'm saying is that What's different about um, what possibly could be 2020 versus 2008 is that you have figures outside of Biden's orbit that could apply pressure to him that wouldn't wouldn't have been able to do that in an Obama administration because Obama had basically assumed that and there weren't other figures that could have of challenged him in any way to push him to the left 
and you know all the people that he hired on as his treasury secretary and so were all these terrible neoliberal you know toads that you know basically the the only reason quos the only reason we didn't get a bigger stimulus is because they thought that putting trillion on the stimulus would be hard to sell to people and therefore we should do less which actually created a longer recovery than it would have if they had funded it earlier which some economists say but my point and i we could we could go on and on and on about how I don't like Obama and so on and so the forth. Dollar, the dollar but, amount wouldn't matter because they gave point, it all to the banks anyway. But the so. only point I'm trying to make in all of this is that Biden is going to have certain forces outside of his influence and control that could yeah. exert pressure on him this time, which is good. And it we should seize that that opportunity at this point, at least for the first two years if we do gain – a majority in the in the Senate and the House, which again yeah. is completely who the fuck knows, and I don't, I really don't know. I do you have a you have an idea or a guesstimate on how you think this election is going to go next week? Well, I'm pretty sure Biden's going to win. I'm pretty sure we're keeping the House. There is a uh, quite a bit of supposition that the senate will flip maybe not a majority but enough so that you know it's it it may be enough that we can that you know it's not like we can ramp through any rules and regulations that we want um but there is talk that the senate possibly also will flip and it may it may not be like sixty forty like we want. It may be like fifty one forty nine, but that's still better than what it's been. Right, and if um, you do away with the filibuster, you could do a lot of things. We do away with the filibuster. We get Mitch McConnell. Even if we can't get him out of the Senate, if we can get him out of being the majority leader and the one that controls the you know what votes get brought up and what votes right, don't, of course. like so that we can actually operate as a normal you know as a business should. <laughs> since they love that the government should run like a business, you know, what's important for a business to do is to operate the way that the business is supposed to operate. Um, but they, so that, that's a, that's a bigger, that's a big issue in my mind is that we just need to take the majority so that Mitch McConnell does not have the power that he has now so that he can't control when the votes get get pulled up or not so that he can't control like rushing well, through well that all uh, that judicial all, appointments yeah, of course. rushing through all that is is like just that. a senate majority that's all you need to do that but yeah exactly and and that's and that's that's good and i th- i think there's there's been talk that's the one that i'm most on the fence about i'm like for keeping the house that's not an issue we're probably we're more than likely taking the presidency without as long as there's no weird freak thing like more ballot boxes being burned or ups trucks being stolen you know things like that i (laughs) i i just i just don't uh i just don't know like yeah i you know you would think that biden would win that everything points to him winning yeah um and i think since 2016 we've all started to hedge our bets and say oh we don't know what'll happen because no we don't but so but, that's the, but that's everybody the thing, is though. is that like everybody is corrected for that anomaly in the in the polling i think now they're waiting 
education a little bit more than they used to yeah. in their polls and stuff like that. But again, I don't think so though, because I I think again, like in twenty sixteen. You know, everyone was like, oh, Hillary's got this by a three-point margin. And then they ignored the fact that the error was a three-point margin. So it's like, nah, dude. Like, you know, they were like, hey, Hillary's a shoe-in. Um, and, and I do think, and this, this kudos to the Biden campaign, where their big push has been to say that um, they treat this campaign like they're behind in the polls always regardless of what the polls say, which I think is very smart and very, like, boots on the ground. They definitely learned from 2016. But um, do they really have a ground game right now? I don't know if they do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. But I, do. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, uh, uh, Bernie's but been out campaining well, for I him. I know he has. Um, he always Biden did When he did the town hall, he stayed for how long like an hour and a half or something afterwards to to just speak with people at the town hall Mm -hmm. even even like even though it's like okay so maybe he spoke to like 20 25 people just that story of being like joe biden stayed after the town hall to talk face to face with people in in this just like not and not even people that had questions he went to other people that were there and talked to them face to face answer questions that they had just even that story alone is enough to push the needle more towards him, especially in comparison when you say Donald Trump had a rally and wherever the fuck he had it, it was freezing cold. He quit and left early and ditched people to freeze to death that had to take buses away. And some people had to be rushed for like emergency services. You know, like, well, yeah, difference. but I, I just, no, I agree. But I, I think. I think the main difference between now and 2016 is Trump isn't the insurgent populist candidate. He's the president and he has a record and it's, it's at least in the last couple of months, he's really fucked it up and (laughs) he can't really like, this is, this is my big argument with my mother-in-law is that the reason he wasn't faking COVID is I think it makes him look incompetent to catch it. Like, I understand the argument to say that, oh, if he gets it, then he would, you know, he could say, oh, see, it was easy. It's not a big deal, which he's doing now. But it would be, it doesn't, that doesn't factor in the amount of stupidity that, you know, the effect that would have on him to just view him as an idiot. Like, he got COVID. Like, like Joe Biden hasn't gotten COVID yet, you know? Yeah, and there's there's been a lot of those things that have kind of, blown up in their faces which has been pretty fun to watch with like where they were like if joe biden wins he's gonna listen to the scientist and the biden campaign was like yeah (laughs) they've done so many things they they did the uh they had the like hacked laptop from hunter biden or whatever and then they like released all these text messages and they were just these like really sweet and endearing text messages from joe to his son and it like it again. It like just blew up in their faces. Where like, <laughs> where they were just like, "Oh my god!" Like he actually really cares and is trying to help this this kid who just has this problem with addiction. Like, and it was so like it's it's been pretty fun to watch them try all these things and just blow up in their faces. Um, and also, it's been fun to watch Trump try to do this whole thing where he projects this strength, and he's like. 
COVID was fine. I totally, I'm totally, I'm totally, I'm totally fine. <laughs> no, I, I was totally hoping that he would die, but it just didn't. Oh, God. But, but like, hey, look, but literally. It's not over yet. <laughs> yeah, but literally, like, that's too poetic, and life isn't that poetic. That's the problem uh, in general. I mean, it can be. You never know. Yeah. Because uh, that, that's, that, that would have been it, the perfect perfect like end around where he he fumbles a, a global pandemic then catches the virus and dies of it like that's a full cir- circle arc what a, yeah that would have been a pretty good slap that, in the face yeah but that's not not gonna happen but you don't know that i don't know i uh i'm just kind of looking There's a fake this Melania is this is what i was getting into like <laughs> yeah this is what i was getting into uh earlier on was that i'm just i'm just kind of ready for it to be over um i'm ready for either outcome and i don't really i'm I'm definitely not in in that phase i'm definitely like i i i i'm I'm, like biden has to like i don't know what i'm gonna do if trump wins like i don't know what i'm gonna do like because i and i and i know this is like a big issue um and this is to go back to my favorite phrase hashtag bigger picture um like we have to get that son of a bitch out of the white house and i know everyone's like well it's it's not that i mean what does it matter it's not the big deal blah 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 it's like no look get trump out of the white house we we get rid of Barr, we get rid of um stephen what's stephen miller yeah of course there there are many many I, he no longer has. He no longer gets to pick the judicial appointments, right? Of which course, is huge. But um, I, I agree. Even though it's it's already like kind of cemented how much shit that they already done. Of course, which is a big problem. But I agree. Um, I agree then, that Biden is de- demonstrably better than Trump in in all of the different metrics that you want to do. But yeah. <clears throat> but but I guess what I have come to terms with is that if. If it does go to Trump, that will be, uh, I don't know, you know, as, as you've said, you don't know what you'll do with yourself. Like, I don't, I think there are a lot of liberals out there that have, have no idea what they're going to do. And I, I, I don't think it's likely he wins, but I don't think it's impossible (laughs) that he, that he does win. And at least it seems that Biden in this case is a bit more self-reflective and humble to the fact that if he loses, it'll be his own fault, which will be refreshing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> once. yeah, but I don't know. I think it's, it's a pretty easy case to make, uh, why he's better than Trump. I think he's done a okay job of making that case. Uh, and I, you know, you would hope that even even what what it would mean is if what it would mean if Biden's issues, even if you're like, yeah, well, you know, he did the um the crime bill that you know, and this is a a talking point a lot of people make is they're like, yeah, but um, you know, this the whole police issues comes from the crime bill that Joe Biden formed, and it's like. Yeah, that's true. But do you want a crime bill that Donald Trump is going to make? <laughs> like, 
But again, I don't want I don't want to litigate all these arguments again, but I just all I'm saying is that if if Trump wins again, that won't be a reflection on it'll be it'll be a sad day that Americans in general don't really a vast majority of them in it because he'll have they'll have to be massive amounts of you know people not really turning out to vote which will mean that people like have kind of given up on the the idea that government can really even do anything for them and i think if you look at a lot of poor impoverished communities in this country they're already there and they're not voting and it's not it's not because oh they don't care it's because they have another job or what is it going to really do for them and this is this is that you know you i don't want to get into this giant argument but i'm just saying like you opine about the bigger picture and yes i can agree with you on all the things that you say but uh-huh. if you're really a dis you know and again we're speaking from a position of privilege in a, in a general sense from our situations. Um, but yeah. I, I would say that what, what doesn't like, if it's all the same and the same things are happening to you, whether Joe Biden or Donald Trump is president and you're at the bottom of the totem pole, is it really much different? And yes, you can say analytically that all these things are, are better and so on and so forth. But it's really a question of, if those people really think that there's that much different. And I think that this election will be decided not really on those people because Joe Biden isn't counting on that. What he's counting on is suburban women to say, yeah, this Trump guy is just too rude. I don't rude. think that's necessarily we need true. To, I think we need to, no, he's definitely no. Cause he's gone out to, he's, he's reaching out to, I think he's doing a pretty good job of reaching out to, a lot of people i think the 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 main group that he hasn't really reached out to is like is us like the the really more left progressive um well right because left left progressive types understand the overall are generally pretty empathetic and understand the overall uh difference between a, a trump and a biden administration yeah but I just think that if you're if you're at the bottom of the totem pole and and generally pretty disadvantaged in the society, whether Trump or Biden is president doesn't really affect you. On the I mean, on, it, it does. It does. But, but again, you telling someone that it does doesn't really is not going to really change their mind because their material conditions it's, are it's the, the same. same to them. Yeah. And so it's like, it's just like a, it's a, it's a point of perspective really more than anything. Yeah. And which is, I, which is a big part of why I want like, you know, when Biden wins, cause for fuck's sake, he's got to fucking win. Um, they, they need to, they definitely need to come out strong and, and do what they, what they, what they, if they do it right, if so, let's say, let's say, perfect scenario, Biden wins. We're not going to have the perfect. We take scenario. the Senate. Just, I'm just saying, perfect scenario, Biden wins. Keep the House. Take the Senate. What they should, if they were smart, which 
they are for the most part, but sometimes, you know, like Pelosi can't get over her own fucking ego. She needs Buttar in 2020. Yeah, but what they could do is if they came out swinging hard for the marginalized and the working class, they could put all four nails in the Republican coffin in a month and and they would just be they would be dead the moment Biden hits the ground they could just be like you know um, uh, COVID relief that goes just to the people boom nail one like um, expanding Medicare you know I know they're not going to do Medicare for all right out the gate which it's kind of stupid because we're in the middle of a crisis and it would be a good but there's there's a lot going on so it'd be really hard to finagle that in the middle of this global pandemic um but you know if they just come out like we're expanding medicare like to you know all these people boom nail number two like there's a lot of things they could they could you know just you know we're cracking down on corruption and we're gonna persecute you know the people in the past that done it boom like they could do certain things and that would just basically like shut the door on the republicans ever coming back and i can And, and i could win the lottery tomorrow too yeah, and and that's, <laughs> it, but that's just what I'm saying is that it's it's, it's I I know right there. it's I, right there I know it's right there for the taking I know it is if, if they but they're not just but they're not going to take it be idiots. they're not going to take it they're going to be idiots like you have to like as much as you want like not have to cope with the idea that uh you know Trump winning re-election you should also really more pragmatically cope with the idea that the Democrats aren't going to do shit and unless they're pushed to do so and that should be yeah. the way no, that I mean I definitely agree it. with that so I, I at don't... the same time it's like I feel like they have to they have to learn from 2010 that like they they like 2008 they had them on the ropes but then they just kind of fell back and like rest on their laurels and they let it get away from them and then 2010, you know, the Republicans came back in like force and just basically destroyed our futures from there out. Now, hopefully they learned from that. I don't think they and will. You might be right. I hope, I mean, you know, I want you, I want you to come back in six months and, we'll and, rub, this in six and months. rub it in my face. Just that's oh, all God, I, I that's so. all I want, but it's not going to happen. And no. we'll we'll continue to talk about this, but I just I am not optimistic about uh, the Democrat. Like this, this is what you gotta. I think you gotta be careful that you're not going into this kind of Obama mindset that we're gonna we're gonna solve all these problems. It's gonna be great. Like the only way they're I mean, gonna I'm not. do I'm this, definitely not. I know I'm, you're not. I know you're not. That, like, but the, the point is, I'm is just that saying they like, could. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. And the, the yeah. only way they're going yeah, they're to, <laughs> the only way they're going to is if they're pressured to do so. Because all right, so I'm gonna, I I'm think, gonna start bombarding Nancy Pelosi every fucking day. Resist bot, everyone get on resist bot. Send Nancy Pelosi a message every day. This is your chance to destroy Republicans permanently. Don't pussyfoot. Don't be a stupid bitch about it and be like. Uh, I'm going to protect the corporatist elite. Like, don't do that. Like, take care of the people, take care of the working class, take care of the marginalized, and destroy them 
forever. To, to be honest, I think what needs to also happen... Also impeach all the judges. Sure. But again, I think what needs to happen is we need to look beyond the, you know, the two-party system and beyond the Democrats... For, I agree. For, oh, I totally agree with that. For but power, we, but whether whatever the happens, is, is that we're not going to be able to do that um, next week. I agree, but we're not going to be able to do that next week. We're not going to be able to do that. There's going to be so much, and this is the problem that I, I mentioned to you before. There's going to be so much stuff that the Democrats are going to have to do to rebuild the systems of power from space, almost from scratch. I mean, they're going to have to rebuild the fucking USPS. Like, and and I worry, and this is and this is something that has happened. This is what this is what happened with Obama. This is what happened with, um, well, I guess Obama's the only uh, person to point to, but the 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 Republicans. Well, there's Clinton too, which is up. worse. Yeah, yeah, but the Republicans like fuck things up so bad that every little milestone that Obama could get was pretty minimal. And it's like, it, it, it's not bright and shiny. It's not Medicare for all. It's just, oh, we fixed the USPS. And people are like, well, that's not a bit. The USPS always runs. What's the big, but it's like, but there's so many little basic things like that. Like, we got to rebuild the USPS. We have to rebuild the fucking FEC hasn't been operating since Trump took over. We have to get, we have to fix the judicial system. Like, there's so many things well, that again, have been corrupted these, and destroyed I, that we're going to have to rebuild. But those are things that people don't pay attention to. But it's super important to for just the basic structure and functioning of government. And for, for even us to be able to get to the point where we can do good things, we're going to have to rebuild all this other stuff. And I just have this sinking feeling that in two years – we're going to be faced with this thing where people are like, well, the Democrats didn't do anything for us. And it's like, just because you're not getting a fucking check in the mail. No. And then you don't understand how much they have done. And, and I'm going to well, be right. so But they're not, they they're not back. making a, they're not making a, a positive argument for what they've done either. They're not very good at selling themselves. And, you know, probably worst case scenario is you basically get, the my pillow guy in four years who beats Kamala Harris in a landslide, <laughs> and that's just what I'm calling it now. Don't put that juju out there. The my don't, pillow don't guy is going to defeat Kamala in 2024. No. No. It'll be and Matt Gates. No, it won't be Matt Gates. He's too like he's too slimy. No, nah, he's not too. Yeah, and the, then his like adoptive son. That's kind of weird, but oh, his gay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Cuban lover, I love that. No, shit. you have to go with the former crackhead, my pillow guy. Uh, that's it's that's, not gonna be the my pillow that's, guy. That's my pick no. because yes, the the savvy political thing to do would say Josh Holly or uh, what's what's that fucker from Oklahoma? Uh, who's who wants to Tom Cotton? Yeah. Everybody says Josh Holly or Tom Cotton will be the next one. I don't think so. I think it's going to be the my pillow guy because he's right. he's crazy enough. Money on the table. Yes, but but again, the the cycle that continues to happen, especially with uh, with neoliberal politics and neoliberal Democrats, is that they don't have an answer to the growing inequality in this country. And if the one thing well, they do, they just don't. Well, there is they, an answer just, to it, but they don't have that answer. That yes, 
if you look at a democratic socialist like Bernie Sanders or even Elizabeth Warren, you could do something to cultivate economic uh, a, a way to, to level the playing field in these situations. But the Democratic Party is not interested in doing that. The mainstream of the Democratic Party is not interested in doing that. And unless they're pushed to do so, which is a long-term project, but again, I think a lot of these things we have to look beyond what yeah. what is the current reality and push beyond it. Like, I guess that's that's that does go back. And whether and whether or not uh, Trump or Biden is president, we're still going to have these incredible economic problems and inequalities in our country. They're only getting worse. And unless the Democrats actually, you know, channel FDR and actually do things that really, you know, demonstrably change the material conditions of people, poor and working people in this country, it's just going to flip back over again because Uh they're going to be viewed as people that haven't done anything. Like FDR was one of the most beloved presidents in the history of this country. Like everybody you know he won massive landslides and he won four they had to change the rules because he was like unbeatable yeah i know right well he died but the the well the like the hatch act was made because of him the um restrictions on like term limits was because of him like there's a lot of things of course he's he's basically the bill belichick of presidents where they just were like oh shit we got to make all these rules to restrict this guy because he's right crushing everything if you know if you you listen to to mark blythe or there's other scholars and stuff that talk about this that like you can explain a lot of this you know trump brexit all these things with this economic anxiety that people are seeing and the, oh, yeah. the, I mean, the neoliberal oh, yeah. like framework that we've been living under for the last 40 years has utterly failed us. And they don't realize that yet. They think that we have market solutions for like, basically the Democrats have become this, the, the word, the, the worst of both worlds where it's like, you know, you know, markets and then bureaucracy which is like what people hate the most like you know at least if you were doing something to like it's it's so terrible and i will have plenty of time to talk about this when biden is president if he's president and we'll have plenty (laughs) of time to talk about it when trump is reelected. i'm just hedging my bet for uh for both possibilities and i think to be honest if we record next week after tuesday we probably won't mm-hmm. know who's president yet. So, you know, whatever. But, I think it, yeah, it depends. If, if it's close, we won't know. If it's a landslide towards Biden, it's pretty much sealed. But mm-hmm. um, the one thing I was thinking, I was going to say that, um, and, and this goes back kind of to your point that I think you were sort of trying to make. You were like on the precipice of, you're like tickling it with your tongue, teasing it a bit, if you will was that, and I think you just didn't want to outwardly say it, was that if Trump does win another presidency, the unification on the left will become even more solidified, which I think is what you were sort of hinting at. Um, 
like the I'm, revolution will come is basically kind of what you were thinking. Well, were, yeah, that would be or what, or what that would be the that would be the accelerationist argument, which yeah. I'm not making. But um, you're, you're you're like teasing at it. You're like, I, of I, course, because like, there's some merit yeah. to it. But of course, I'm not. I, and I don't. Uh, but I'm not. I don't disagree. But but I'm not even talking about just the left I in general. I'm talking about the, the normies who generally. Uh, would be like, oh yeah, this is still shit. We need to do something. Whereas yeah. if Biden is elected, we can go back to brunch. That's the that's the question. But then again, is it worth all of these other people suffering so the normies can figure it out? I don't know. I don't think so. That's why I'm voting for Joe Biden. But yeah, um, I just think like of all the doom and gloom that would happen if Trump is reelected, you should look at some of the positives that that can come out of it even though there will be many many terrible things that will come out of it terrible things but yeah but again i'm not going to blame sometimes i'm not going to blame omelets i'm not going to make a few eggs i'm not, that's not how it works. no i'm i'm not going to blame russia or anything like that i'm going to blame the democratic America. party for like losing one of the easiest layups of the election I'm not going to name blame the Democratic Party. I'm going to just blame America. That's fair. You could do that. Um, yeah. That's on brand. But uh, that's on brand. And but anyway, and we we still need to talk about COVID. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take this chance. Didn't to we already talk about COVID? Well, we're getting just a little touch on the subject. All right. Just for like, just because like one of the things that just that recently happened, and I thought this was hilarious, was that the white house listed as an accomplishment that they've gotten in their administration was that they ended the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think that's hilarious because they did post that after Trump got it. Well, he got so, it and he's, and then he's good now. So we've gotten over. Yeah. It. So the science team cured Trump. So it's over in America. Like his antibodies are going to cure everyone. Um, but I just, I just think it was really funny that they posted that like right in the middle of like a huge surge. Oh, I, I forgot, I forgot to say this. Like the other uh, silver lining of Trump being reelected is that, or there's more. Chance no, actually, of him to get COVID. no, it's actually not. It's not the silver lining of Trump getting reelected, but the silver lining of Biden getting reelected is that COVID will go away. This is what some people have told me. Oh, that yeah, once Biden is that. elected, COVID is going to go away, it's which is a good argument in, for Biden. In February, I think people have said. No, it'll disappear like November 4th when he is reelected. Yeah. That's what I've been told. So I'm really excited about I've that. I've heard that. I'm, I've I'm, heard a few yeah. people say that. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> wow. No, I was standing in line at Trader Joe's and somebody said that. I was like, dude, like, I'm so excited, man. Um, But yeah, oh, so God, the COVID numbers are going up. He's just holding on to it. Yeah, there's a huge surge going on. Um, I really have, I've been keeping a close track on this because my mom was like, "Hey, if you and Amy want to come for Thanksgiving, we would love that." And I was like, "Oh, well, we'll talk about it." And then, like, as she's saying that, the like news reports are like, Tennessee has an eighty percent surge in COVID infections. And I'm like, "Mom, we're not coming to your shithole state that like is infected." like what like you shouldn't be inviting yeah, people to I, come to your place i have to it's s- like 
in a yeah, search. I agree. But I have to say, though, that I think sometimes the way the media like reports on COVID, where they're just like, 80% reduction in Tennessee, and it doesn't give you like a really a clear perspective of right where the surge is if it's in nashville you know blah 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 blah. whereas like it's just the number it's going up 80 percent like and it's like that's that's a little frustrating for me is that they're always kind of and it is going up and it's bad and it's terrible it shouldn't be going up and i i keep track of la numbers you know every day like just to you know we're still at 3.5 went up a little bit and hopefully we can, you know, withstand these two championships and we can get back, and two, back down. Two riots and, yeah. But, two, two riots. I, when I say riots, I'm referring to the riots that happened after the winning of the championships because those are riots. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, but, yeah, but, like, but I'm just – it's just – I mean, yeah, and, like – and that's always the weird thing about, like – um in case I haven't mentioned this multiple, multiple times, I'm on the neighborhood council in my neighborhood mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And so I get a lot of updates on a bunch of different things. And recently we had these updates going on about um, how there's been an increase in crime. And they were like, there's been a 200% increase in crime and all this other stuff. And I was like, I was like, that's a spurious number. <sighs> break that down for me and so um what it, what they basically broke it down to was that in like june and july there was like this 200 percent or something crazy increase in crime compared to the previous months well guess what was happening in the previous months everything was on lockdown nobody was doing anything mm-hmm. so there was like zero crime and so there were then there were two crimes and now we're up 200 percent. so it's like that statistics a little bit skewed um and so in the same way that you know they come out with these statistics where they're like there's an 80 percent increase in covid it's like okay well you know that's 80 percent compared to what like what do these numbers mean you know so you do have to break down what those numbers actually mean but that doesn't change the fact that there is a massive surge going on and of course um in the middle of this massive surge, the governor of Tennessee decided that he was going to completely open up no restrictions whatsoever. 85 of the 89 counties in Tennessee. This was happening while you were there, Sam. So you were definitely infected. <laughs> what? So when did it, so what did they do? They, uh, they got rid of all um, restrictions for 85 of the 89 counties. So basically, there were four counties that they didn't open, and that was uh, where Nashville is, where Memphis is, where Chattanooga is, and where Knoxville is. That's the only places um, we stopped. Actually, there was a, there was there was a uh, um, there was a Cracker Barrel that was just oh, yeah, basically nice. back to normal yeah, in Tennessee, somewhere. or maybe that was no, that was in Oklahoma, I think. Uh, Even which <laughs> freaked me the freaked me the fuck out because yeah. like the but lady like, the lady took her mask off to hear me better. Oof. Has that happened to you yet? No, I haven't seen that yet. That's pretty good. That's Someone like she's taking their mask off to hear you. That's pretty good. I would yeah. love to see that. I yeah. would. I think I would be like. I think I would just stop what I was doing 
and I would just be like, I've never seen anyone as stupid as you in my life. Like I wouldn't have any choice. Like I would just be like, I'd be so in like in, it would be impossible for me not to call out that level of stupidity. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, it's it, like, I don't, it's, it's crazy how much we're having this like surge while they're saying, you know, Oh, we've, we finished it. We defeated it. Um, you know, and I, I it's like, it's just crazy like that there's still people that aren't taking this seriously. There's people we I see people all the time that are wearing their masks with their noses sticking out still. And I'm just like, man, what do we gotta do? <laughs> mm, no. I just think it like a lot of people need to catch it that <laughs> just kidding. No one needs to catch it. I feel so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it is what it is, and I I hope that I don't know. I just like all you have to do is look at the rest of the world and see how they've managed it versus how we have, and just see yeah. that there's an utter failure on our our end of the spectrum. And we are still we're still topping out the most cases in the world. Um, we have about nine and a half million cases the next closest actually indian india caught up brazil was nipping at her heels at five and a half but india caught up at 8.1 um which i that is a surprising number i i india popped up out of nowhere because i i know like brazil was the closest to us for a long time um and i, I just it's it's very fascinating that U.S. only has about 4% of the total population in the world, but we make up about 10% of the total cases of COVID, or sorry, 40% of the total cases of COVID. Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. But we are uh, we're doing a great job with that. Yeah. So that being said, I think we should move on to the next topic because I'm so... It's... <laughs> yeah well the 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 transition for that is how COVID has affected our fantasy and i don't want to blame it all on COVID, but sam larson has finally won his first week in our in fantasy. fantasy football no my my team is not suffering because of COVID. my team is suffering because i drafted saquon barkley Kenyon drake and miles sanders that's why i'm losing um I probably That's why. Yeah. have one of the deeper wide receiver benches in the league, but I don't. I just missed on those guys, and I didn't do enough to. Which uh, is crazy because yeah, like it. you've had a lot of, but it, that's what's so hard about it because like your team has been week to next week, boom bust, boom bust, and it's so hard to track. I think I have the most points in the division overall. No. Well, not not the most points, but. I think I'm I up do. there. Most points against for sure. Most points against for sure. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, oh, I don't. Yeah, have I am. Most points I am second in points in my division. Are you? Yes. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You have eight hundred and thirty. No, I have. Oh, you're saying points against? Oh no, points for. Oh no, you're not even close. No, I am still second in points. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the wrong one. 
Yeah, right, you are. Okay, I'm second sorry. in second in points. You are. I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah. So wow, by one point, but still like second in points. Well, I did beat whoever is number one in your division, so you're welcome for that. Okay, thank you. It's not good. <laughs> how many? How many people go to the playoffs in this league? Four. Four, I believe. Uh, Maybe six. Hopefully six. six. Uh, don't quote me on that. Yeah, it's I. I'm playing the number one guy in the league too, so that's not good. And the then, number one in this week. Yeah, Alligator Thompson. No, oh, bitching Camara. Yeah. Oh, the number one in your division. But again, no one cares about our specific fantasy teams. But again, I'm not doing well in our league, uh, which yeah. which means that I'm going to have to re up next year so I can rectify the situation. Of course, of course. Um, I have now. I've lost three weeks i lost the first week which was kind of shit um there's not really much i could do about that it just kind of was a fluke um the second one i lost was because of the titans covid um lockdown because i had to bench like derrick henry they, they had like a sudden bye week that i wasn't planning for and then that was the same week that they were like oh the chiefs are going to be on a bye week so i had to put Kelsey on the bench and find another tight end. But then they're like, oh no, the Chiefs are actually gonna play. And but my the other tight end had already started. So I was like, oh that's bullshit. Like why did they announce I mean obviously the NFL should know that my fantasy team is very important and they should make these announcements early enough that I can switch out my team beforehand. I don't know why they didn't do that for me. That's very rude of them. No, I'm I'm uh, last place in my league of record, and I league champion from last year, which is one of the crowning achievements of my life. Um, <laughs> and you even named your team. So I your league your league. Well, I have a certain uh, way of naming my team, which I wasn't available to do during the pandemic, so mm-hmm. I couldn't do that this year. So I was like, well. I might as well just say you're a league champion and just I full well knew when I put the name on that the fantasy gods would probably smite me down and make me look like an absolute fool. And it, smote they did. And they did. And I'm now they smote but you I've, I've, twice I've, over. But I fought back. I'm now two and five. Uh, oh, there you go. All right. I can I can still turn this around. Yeah. Things are looking so good this week, but uh I really screwed up last week. I, I like I could have won and I I even I like drafted Christian I pulled in Christian Kirk cuz I was like, oh, the based on the matchups like Seattle gives up the most points to wide receivers. If I pick him up, I should put him in and he'll do well, and I didn't put him in and I lost by like 6 points. And, and he I did do in, well. I he caught won. he caught a touchdown, didn't he? Yeah, he crushed it. He had two really big um, receptions. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, that was my plan. Why didn't I follow through with my plan? Why did I don't even remember why I didn't put him in. Um, I'm so mad at myself for doing that because I would have beat the undefeated guy. Mm. And now he's still undefeated 7-0. But I'm just like, you know what? That's okay. I'll take him down in the playoffs. It'll be great. It'll be glorious. Yeah. But <laughs> fantasy is our is our brief respite from the hellhole that we live in. But uh, the- I do have a quick question about this, and this is a totally like a suppositional thing. Sure. Um, and we've we've gone back and forth a few times. 
um, about how much longer can the NFL do this um, with, and then there's been a, a, there's definitely been a surge in COVID cases in the NFL recently mm-hmm. with, you know, like 20 members of the Titans team got it. Um, there's who else? There was another big player that just got it. Um, that's on like the COVID-19 list. I forget, but it's, it's, you we definitely seen it starting to trickle in. It's, it's, I mean, like these teams, these players are on top of each other. If one of them has it, it's like nearly impossible for them to not transfer it to the other players. So like, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how they're dealing with this. And especially like, you know, teams that are in places that are having surges like Texas Tennessee, um, certain places, and they're still allowing fans in the stadium, which to me, whenever I see that, I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> like, yeah, has it's, that, has, it's, has that bugged you any when like you watch a game and you see like a lot of fans in the stadium, you're just like, those people are way too close to each other. <laughs> oh yeah. All the time. But there's, yeah, but again, this is America, and they have rights, and you know, whatever. But yeah, um, I am interested to see how they're going to handle the playoffs. If they're going to do a bubble, um, that'll be interesting. Uh, it would be pretty fun if they were just like, we're just going to do, we're going to quarantine all the teams at like. They couldn't do it at one stadium, I guess. They'd have to probably do, like, four. Um, but that could be interesting. I'm hoping they, they do something like that because it, it seems like at any moment it could just be, like, an outbreak in the NFL and we would then lose all our hope and everything that we have to hold on to. And uh, I think I would just give up. I would just find a short pier to take a long walk off of. <laughs> but... What will we still have for another seven weeks? I don't know. The Mandalorian, which came oh, back. Oh, fuck. Good transition. Man, what a segue. You're right. That is... Um, the Mandalorian is back, and you were like, I hope you have time to watch the first episode before we record. And I was like... I mean, okay, fine. And I'm so glad that you convinced me too because that shit was hype. Yes, it um, was. It was better. Like, in my, go ahead. Uh, yeah, just so good. Um, everything about it was great. The, the like, the cold open was awesome. Timmy, Timothy Oliphant was like pristine. Um, perfect casting, honestly. Like, they they should they should just go to every cast member of Deadwood and just be like we need you in the show and like it's like a space western why do they not have the entire cast of Deadwood like where's fucking, actually the guy um, that the guy that was uh the Weequay uh, bartender during the episode he's the bartender in Deadwood oh that's 
hilarious. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. But like they I, need to pull all those people in. Maybe not necessarily in this season, but in like they need to bring in like uh, maybe not Val Kilmer, but everyone else from Tombstone that's still alive, like needs to be brought in for an episode. <laughs> like just hit well, all the marks. Where's Clint Eastwood? Like fucking bring Clint Eastwood for one episode. No, I think uh, my review, I stayed up late last night to watch it, which was the right decision. But then also like, I couldn't go back to sleep after I watched it. You were uh, just so hyped. So hyped. But I would say that yeah, I'm is, pretty. Sure. I would say that it Let's is see. better. This episode in my this is my hot take was better than the entire first season combined. <laughs> yeah, you sent me a message at one fifteen a.m. I hope you get an episode one. <laughs> That's funny. yeah. This episode was I wouldn't say better than the whole first season combined, but better than like because the first two and the last two of the first season were great but yeah, definitely better three than is like, good yeah yeah but man like so good and it, it they they did that that thing with the mandalorian that they did in the first season where it was like oh here's the main story and then he's gonna run off and do some shit just so we can introduce new characters that are gonna come up later they i don't know they, it just seemed like they handled it better this time with like him running into Timothy Oliphant and like how their interaction occurred, why their interaction occurred, why they became friends. Like that, it just, and, and maybe that's just a testament to Timothy Oliphant being a much better actor than Gianna Corinna or whatever her name is. Yeah, but like but at the just, end of the. It just worked so much better. End of the episode, he, he wants to, uh, you know, at the beginning of the episode, he wants to kill the guy that is wearing the armor. And by uh-huh. the end of the episode, he actually respects the guy and thinks that he's a decent, like, he could probably, yeah. he still has so, to take okay. the armor, so, but he'd be like, I, I, you know, he's, he, and I think that's what's going to happen this season is he's going to kind of, uh, open himself up to a wider world where uh-huh. not all Mandalorians wear their helmets all the time. And no, I don't know about that. Cause that, that was like a specific point that they made in this episode when Timmy the Elephant takes the helmet off, the tension like instantly. Of course it does. And Timothy Elephant, Cobb Vanth isn't a Mandalorian, obviously. Isn't a Mandalorian, yeah. Neither is Boba Fett from what we, cur- from what we currently understand, just to be clear. And they could change it. And yeah. I don't think people should be ready for that. But um, if you watch any other canon content with Mandalorians especially the Mandalorians that are say in the Clone Wars or even in Rebels. Mm-hmm. They all take their all the time. They all take their helmets off. And I think So you what, think that this is like their transition into that? So what I That's cool. I mean I, I think that's fun. But what I watched what I watched in um we watched season one the last couple of days before I watched the first episode. Like the uh-huh. the armorer talks they talk about like this is the the creed of Mandalore. This is their creed, and I think that basically the the purge basically forced them into kind of a fundamentalist uh, setup where they're like, we have to do this like, this way, otherwise we're not going to survive, and this is the way, right? And they like so, radicalized them, right? So they kind of went back to a a fundamentalist like 
mindset of their original pre- precepts, which I think is cool. The Fundy Mandy's. But I think that's that that might be a way to explain it. Um, or it's just a they're a weird offshoot from the main Mandalorians. But I think most of them have been wiped out, like they said. Yeah. And there's been rumors about certain characters showing up. Uh, the same rumors that said that Timothy Oliphant was going to show up. But like whether they show up in flashbacks or not, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah. How much do we... Uh... I mean, should we just do like a spoiler warning? And then yeah, let's do a spoiler it? warning and then just go into it because. All right, so from here on out, spoilers. And then yeah, we're gonna wrap the episode up after we talk about this, and then. But if yeah, just like if if you haven't seen the episode, stop go listening. Wa- yeah, go watch the episode. All of our people that listen to this podcast that we haven't released yet. Um, <laughs> but yes. from here on out, spoilers beware. Um, all right, so give you like two seconds to stop listening and shut up. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Okay. Boba Fett straight shows up at the end of this fucking thing, and I was so hyped for that. <laughs> no, I agree, and I I think that like I hope like my pitch for a Boba Fett uh, spinoff movie, which they never did, which I think they're going to explore now, or they're going to roll it into a TV show TV show maybe. of its own. Who knows? Yeah. I think the TV show route would be cool, but I've always been uh, drawn to the idea of Boba Fett reckoning with the absolute shame of a disaster that happened to him at Java's cell barge. Like Uh he is, he up until that point, at least to what we understand is the baddest motherfucker in the room in the galaxy. Like he's the, to, to our understanding he's the best bounty hunter out there and his he gets his ass handed to him by a blind Han well, Solo yeah in which is um I, I don't know how much of the canon or not even canon but the EU stuff that you've read or have had contact with I've read all uh, of but it okay so you've read the the Han Solo books where he first interacts with Boba Fett and basically makes a joke of Boba Fett at that point so like that was oh, a big part ones, yeah. of yeah, that was a big part of why they they basically wrote that up so that we had this explanation of why Boba Fett is so aggro towards Han Solo. Like why he specifically has it out for Han Solo out of anyone else. Because mm-hmm. um, that definitely there was definitely that feel about it in the movie. You know, it's like why like oh he seems really pissed about. <laughs> but I've, and, I've always said that i've always said that boba fett is the most overrated character in all of star wars i, th- I oh, think oh yeah he's, he's it's and i it's think a perfect example of they we were told but never shown and he definitely like never lives up to any of the hype that he has well right but it's the, all because he has a cool stuff costume. outside of the movies but i think what would be really cool and i hope they go this way i don't know if they will but to have Boba Fett like reckon with the fact that he failed a Jabba sail barge and that his reputation is been has been tarnished. But I don't know if they're going to really go that way because it looks like he's been in the desert uh, since it happened. Okay. So maybe everyone thinks he's dead. Uh, I was looking for um, re- so tying it to that. There was a lot of really fun like just not even mentioned just kind of there in the scene things 
um, that I want to talk about. I mentioned it in the, like my notes when I was watching it. Um, the first thing was in the in the in the opening when they're in the place and he hangs the guy up and then he blows the light out and there's these like red eyes in the dark that are like coming up to get him. Like that was really cool. I like how mm-hmm. they did that. And they did, they they don't talk about it. They don't even say what the fuck that is. They just do it and leave it and you walk away from it. You're just like. Like, that's really cool. That was really clever, um, like, just filmmaking right there. Just, like, you, it's ominous. It's dangerous. You don't know what it is. Loved it. So good. I Then I, Timothy Oliphant yeah, it's great. and him hop on speeders, and Timothy Oliphant is straight up driving Anakin's pod racer. Like, he has, it's it's 100%. The it's the one, same design. Yeah. One of the engines from Anakin's pod racer. I like I can't it, it made the same noise it has the same shape it even has a little fender thing sticking on it it basically mm-hmm. was like that engine off of one of the two engines off of Anakin's pod racer with like a seat hooked up to it and I yep. was just like this is dope like they threw that in <laughs> and then uh, once I noticed that I was just like man I wonder if they're throwing other things in there um, so I went back and like rewatched through and I was the the village that timothy oliphant is the marshal for i was looking around to see if those buildings looked anything like um the uh barge because i was like oh i wonder if because they you know they they, the whole point is that they they go through he ends up there there's the crate dragon and they have to take it out it's hiding in a sarlacc pit that's been abandoned because the sarlacc is dead and then the episode ends with boba fett overlooking well the episode ends with tamora morrison overlooking that's his name right tamora morrison yep. yeah right yeah overlooking as the mando speeder bikes off and so okay so these are the things we know he's just outside of a sarlacc pit the sarlacc pit is empty <laughs> and it's pretty close there's the town that they're in is pretty close to like that sarlacc pit so i was like oh i wonder if like this town was like salvaged from the barge so i was like looking for little things like that i think that would have been a really cool little touch if they'd have done that it didn't after like the second viewing and i kept looking around i went back and forth it didn't look like it was necessarily but i think i think that's yeah because that's the interesting thing about that like if it was actually the pit of carcoon uh Mm -hmm. It would have like I think they would have shown that I think they would have said like oh look there's there's Jabba sail barge the ruins of it so on and so forth so Maybe, I don't know but, the, but they it could but, it, but that's what I'm saying though they didn't they didn't mention anything about what the red eyed things coming out of the darkness were they didn't even they they the camera hung on the pod racer looking thing quite a bit that in such a way that I thought that in there was a few scenes where it just kind of like stuck on the, on it that I was like, it's like, they're trying to tell us like, yes, this is exactly what you think it is without telling you. Yes. It's exactly. What no, you I, I agree. And I agree for it to be nebulous like that is, is way better. Yeah. So, but so I that's, think that's what I'm saying is maybe they're trying to be subtle about it. And maybe not. I mean, how many star like pits are there? I don't know if this one is empty because the Sarlacc is dead, how but do we get out without killing it? Like there's a it's lot good of that it can be, it. it's good that it can be debated. Um, yeah. And so, maybe they'll just tell us who knows. <laughs> so, well, 
Let, let me get into the, the deeper uh, uh, canon lore, even though I kind of hate those terms now, because I hate when people use lore. Yeah. I, just, I don't know why I hate it so much. Like, it's just like, no one calls it lore. It's just, it's just the... Like, they call God. it lore. And it, it's, and it's like, like it's supposed yeah, to be this like this isn't... nerdy term that people are like, oh, I know the lore. I'm like, no, you just read the Wikipedia article and now you think you know what's yeah. up. Like, come on. Like, I've read these books. Well, it's like, like, come on. Like... I think it's like the lore. It I must come from, from fantasy or something like that. It comes from World of Warcraft, like stuff. That's what it is. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, because yeah. World of Warcraft, they started. They started calling it. They started doing all the background stories for everything, and they started calling it the lore. And I think yeah. that just kind of that got. <sighs> I don't know. Sort of just it's a, passed off into everything now. It's a stupid. Which pet, is fine. It's fine. I agree. But it's like it's just at the same time. It's like but. I was going to say, I was like, it's not lore because it's made up, but lore is also made up, so fuck, I don't know. Well, it's just, it's, this is just the pet peeve of me watching all of the, you know, reaction videos or the, you know, the clickbait videos where it was like, all the things you missed in Mandalorian episode nine, what, what do they say? Yeah. And it's just like, I kind of watch it just from a, like an elitist nerd perspective where I'm like, no, they get that <laughs> wrong. Like, it's that's that's fun for me so it's more of a hate watch but yeah yeah i gotcha but but i don't like but anyway my point is is that Cobb vanth who timothy elephant's character is is what's really cool about it is it's based on a a book character from chuck wending's aftermath trilogy where this man finds this armor and takes up the mantle of this you know, Marshall in this town and there's like a baby hut and Malakili, the Rancor keeper is there. It's like, it's crazy. And they didn't do all of that for the show, but they just kind of, the fact that they, it's definitely influenced by the fact that they referenced it in some way, even if it wasn't exact, is such an incredible, like deep cut that it's like, this is, this is great. Now I've started to think about it a little bit more and I don't know, like, because for a long time they were developing a Boba Fett thing and it just never happened. So I don't know if if those tidbits that were put into that book were totally an invention of the author or if they were something that the story group was like, yeah, we might want to do something with this later, so just put this in. And yeah. I think it's probably something that the author just came up with, to be honest, because... I really don't think the story group is that involved and like they, they're kind of like, yeah, we could do this and this, but they're not like do this. Like it's not that directive. So maybe I, I think it was, um, I think it was possibly just a, like a really good, like misdirect. Um, because like people had talked about like, Oh, there's the, the the Boba Fett armor is definitely back, blah blah blah, and people are talking about Timothy Oliphant, and <clears throat> they were like, "Oh, maybe like is he is he playing Boba Fett?" And people are like speculating about that, and then they come right out with it, and he's there with the Boba Fett armor. It's Timothy Oliphant. Everything's like, "Oh shit!" Like, but it's not Boba Fett. It's not. clear that it's and it's right. clear that it's not Boba Fett either. It's clear that it's not. But and then at the end of the episode. Tamora Morrison is there, and so you're like, "Oh shit, Boba Fett is fucking so like." Well, and right, so, and, but in, and in and the, and I think that was funny because th- there was all this buildup about how they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have 
uh, Rosario Dawson playing um, Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tana and and like that like I was I'm very hyped about that I was very very hyped about that but seeing Tamora Morrison at the end of this episode I was like Ahsoka who <laughs> yeah exactly like, I instantly no. like and I lost think... any care about her being in this series because I was I was like I didn't think we would get Boba Fett back in this yeah show and the fact that they are, are definitely bringing him back maybe not in this season but at some point because he's there we saw him um i was just like man this has got me hyped more hyped than even like rosario dawson as ahsoka Tana. not to say that i'm not hyped about rosario as ahsoka i'm just more hyped to see well and boba I, fett. I think too like in the book it's not it's not really clear if boba fett survived or not because all they mention is the armor and that some the Jawas found the armor. And that's yeah. that's all you know. But it's, so it's so it's nebulous it's, to whether he survived book, or yes. not. But in other in other books it's clear that he survived. Well, right, but that's all that's all legends. Like this aftermath book okay. is canon. Like it came out is canon. after okay. after the, the it was kind of after one of the, the first buyout. Yeah, it was kind of one of the first okay. books to come out. And a lot of people were disappointed with it because it didn't it follow the, off the big three. Gotcha. Well, no, not that. It didn't follow the big three. It had all these new characters, which I think is uh, what Star Wars should really do. But like, well, if, that's what if D- you, definitely Disney wants to do because they want to capitalize on the characters. But. Well, it's that's the way they should go. And I think... Which totally. Like, I, I love I, the new characters. They're doing a great job with it. But I think what's... What's... Uh, but at the time, Darth Vader. <laughs> like all of the expanded universe, like the Thrawn trilogy and everything that it launched the expanded universe back in the day is it was about the big three. It followed them. And then the, he mm-hmm. introduced like a new character here or there. But so people were kind of against that. And plus people wanted to know what was going on because the Force Awakens was coming out and they had no idea what was going on. And so they didn't have any framework so those those books were kind of panned at first because even though they're they have some great characters and they just kind of go on an adventure to you know uh and it ends with the battle of jakku and it's it's great but uh they have all these like interstitials in the in the book where they have like the story about Cobb Vanth and the armor and then they have like these mysterious figures like buying lightsabers because they're they're trying to collect all these artifacts for the dark side and so on and so forth. and it's like it it leaves all of these like kind of open ideas of what what could be happening and that the emperor was seeking out things in the unknown regions and so and so there's all this kind of uh groundwork that's being laid at the time and it and it still kind of works now with the emperor of coming back but i think it's really on brand for star wars for just a character to come back like i don't know when everybody's like i just thought he was dead i don't know why he had to come back i'm like come on at this point like everyone comes back like just let them come back like it's 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 just a star wars as i am your father at this point yeah i mean it's just it's it's one of those sorts of things when like people nitpick 
things like that. It's like, how did you come back? It's like, how do you make a sort of plasma that doesn't, that has a beginning and it, like, what are you doing? Like, you, you've already accepted one thing that is literally fucking impossible, but now you're like, this is your, this is your, the sword you're going to throw, the lightsaber you're going to throw yourself upon. Like, that's stupid. Like, but yeah, people are super nitpicky about that. And then, then as much as I do like the canon and all of the little details, like I'm also not that uh, religious about it where it has to be like, well, this said this, and if this contradicts it, like, no, it doesn't. Like, just let it be. Yeah. Like, that was the whole joke I sent you about earlier where it was like, this guy's like, if if the canon contradicts itself, that means that there's unreliable narrators. And what does that mean? I'm like, of course right. it does. Like, of course, like all of Star Wars is like, like Obi-Wan tells Luke, like to basically write himself out of a loop, out of a, a plot hole, uh, the, the greatest retcon in all of Star Wars history from a certain point of view. Like, that's just the Star Wars of everything else. Like, just chill when out, you're man. Making just it enjoy the ride. But from the seat of your pants, it's very easy to get caught up in <laughs> But like it's uh, that annoys me, yeah, that annoys it's, me it's, so much. Um, oh, yeah, like what, like, uh, I think that it's yeah, it's it's like um, it's like a cult. It's very much like a cult. No, it's 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 yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, but and yeah, I'm super. Like, I'm it's super. Like, no, no, I I'm 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 a level six. <laughs> it's like Scientology. I have I have unleashed forty thetans. You know, like, yeah, exactly. No, but I'm <laughs> my midichlorian count is way higher than your midichlorian count. I'm super excited about this season, and I was completely blown away by this one episode. It was film quality. I think basically, oh, so good. I think basically, ILM gorgeous. had nothing to do this summer, so that's probably what they did. Um, <laughs> but who knows? And the VFX was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. The, so uh, the crate dragon looked amazing the crate dragon was my favorite part and it was like it looked so good it was so ingenious that they're just like yeah we're on we're on tatooine like george is totally aping dune so we might as well just make the crate dragon into a sandworm and it's just like yes i know it technically contradicts what the well it doesn't contradict anything in canon it just the crate dragons as they were depicted before all had like four legs and they just look like giant like lizards that aren't really that cool or well designed it's just kind of like the basic and they just get a little bit of that aesthetic in the head but then otherwise it's just a giant sandworm and it's like it matches what the if you go back to a new hope with that skeleton that c-3po walks by that's a crate dragon skeleton no legs Mm -hmm. it's just a fucking worm so it yeah it all lines up like like i don't i, I didn't mind the burn. tatooine episode last season i thought it was fun but like yeah. to say like we're going back to tatooine you're like oh we're going back to tatooine but they did like this was the quintessential tatooine episode like anything you wanted great. to know about tatooine, I was, I was, like it explained yeah like how small it really is and like there's only like two oh, yeah, or three settlements the, the three settlements like, yeah it's i wasn't i really wasn't even upset that we got um what's her name's character back because i was like i was like oh man i can't believe we're bringing her back she was kind of annoying in the first season oh i i like her in the first i don't i didn't mind i mean i like her but 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, I love her playing that character. It's just she, she doesn't bring much other than scene filling, you know. But in this, but I was just like, it. It now works better that mm-hmm. she's there. I guess I don't know. It just it just seemed to it made me like her character from the first season more, in some way. Um, I did also like to bring back your point of um, the Mandalorian going through some changes is that now he's okay with the droids dealing with his, with the razor crest. So like there were some little things that they threw out there. So definitely they're hinting at what you were talking about. So yeah, for sure. But I'm super excited for this next season, yeah. and I know we'll have plenty to talk about oh as God, the season week, continues. Gonna have to have a, we're going to have to have a Mando chat like every week. It's going to be great. Yeah, exactly. But When do the episodes come out? Do they come out on... They come out at midnight on Pacific Time Thursday. So. Uh, okay, so we'll be, we're one week off now if we're recording on Wednesday's event. Yeah. So we'll... Uh, Next week will be a reprieve from Mandalorian, and then we'll get yeah, just to it. just <laughs> the utter chaos of an American election. It'll be fun. Yeah. But anyway, I think we should wrap up for the for the evening, episode. and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll be back next week with uh, regular schedule time. Regular schedule, and as always, this could be Hopefully. better. I'm I'm Sam. I'm Kyle, and this could be better. All right, see, this we're could still, be way we're better. still, yeah, we're still messing up it. But anyway, see you guys later. <laughs>